0: Competing at a combined
1: weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world. The Magic!
0: Make
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike, and this is Magic Mike Show episode 445. Mr. samich mandatory pick six weekend, huzzah! <laughs> that's oh yeah, all the things to talk about. And you lead off with, "Hey, Gulfstream's got a mandatory pick six on Ooh, Friday." Not
0: just Gulfstream, my friend.
1: Santa Anita Saturday, Gulfstream Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Santa Anita because the same flip stakes. It's a huge weekend. um Huge, huge weekend. This is going to be the busiest weekend in a good way. A good, uh, the busiest weekend since the Breeders' Cup, uh, for, for us, for, for Aaron, for everybody with the racing dudes and in horse racing, because we've got four tracks that each have a derby prep and an Oaks prep. It's uh, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Aqueduct, and Turfway, which produced last year's Kentucky Derby winner. So you're no longer allowed to laugh at the Turfway Park, uh, final two preps, the Bataglia and the Jeff Ruby. Uh, I mean, you can still laugh, but uh, Listen, it produced last year's Kentucky Derby winner, and nothing else that he's won. Except yeah, for so bet so post-20, so just bet post-20 this year. What could go wrong? Uh, wait till somebody draws in off the also-eligibles and then bet that horse. That's the way to go. Um, hey, listen, we got a, a fun show today. A little be a shorter one, but that's all right. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks, not much happening this past weekend. Uh, all the action was at Oaklawn Park, so we're going to talk about the Rebel Stakes, and the honeybee steaks, and then talk about what we think about the Derby and the Oaks moving forward. You ready to jump right into it? Let's do it, baby. Riders up! Mike, here we go. The, the biggest race of the weekend, the great $2 million Rebel stake. If you're joining us live or watching the replay on YouTube or Facebook, hey, we got the replay for you right here. But if you want to watch along on the podcast version, go to youtube.com slash racing dudes. We've got the full replay right there. Uh, the race is off, Mike. The winner, of course, we know is going to be the seven confidence game. What did you think about this race now that we've had time to reflect since the live show on Saturday? A lot going on in the spot. I mean, we, we just
0: watched the first turn there and, and you saw Giant Mischief get swept way out wide. You saw a couple of the horses get a tough first turn there. Uh, the pace was hot. I mean, this is probably the fastest opening quarter and half we've seen in any derby prep so far this year. So really set up for horses to come from off the pace. The uh, Break was very interesting. Reincarnate a lot of eyes on him, the sixth horse in this spot. Didn't break poorly, but just wasn't fast enough, which I found really interesting because I expected after seeing it live that when I went back and watched the replay, I'd see him stumble, and he just didn't. Uh, Confidence game, I thought, ran very well here. Um, Red Route 1 improves for the second time off the layoff. Not quite good enough to get it done. He's not even on the screen yet, so he came from the clouds. And then verifying verifying might have run the best race in this spot i the more i've watched this replay the more i thought that he ran really well here uh we're going to look at the chart a little bit later and man if you go back you look at the chart one two and three all fade back verifying who was tussling with this early pace doesn't get out until late was able to re-rally back up for fourth has absolutely no room right here and you're not going to see him actually get any room for a while and everyone in front of him is just kind of backing up then he gets pinballed inside and he has to swing back outside it just wasn't a trip that I thought really showed the talent that he does have moving forward here. So it's going to be a lot to talk about coming out of this race. People are going to get excited about red route one. People are going to be excited about reincarnate. I think bear a little under the radar confidence game is going to get bet next time out, which is going to be a, a mess of a race, right? Kind of reminds me a little of simplification. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of horses in this spot that I think are, are pertinent for the next step here toward the triple crown that are, that are all going to be interesting prices and or be taking money.
1: Uh, yeah, the comments section, you guys, you guys never disappoint. It's already been a good start here <laughs> so far. Uh, uh, let's have a confidence game. I mean, he took advantage of a great trip. Uh, Dennis has been saying this a lot, but uh, he says so glad for James Graham, jockey of uh, confidence game. One of Keith DeSormo's main go to guys, very underrated jockey. Whenever DeSormo seems to pop a big surprise, Jimmy Graham seems to be the one who's aboard. He did it with uh, I can't remember the horse's name. Uh, but who beat uh, Epicenter in the Lecompte Stakes last year? He was a Call Me Midnight. That was a horse. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham was aboard that day. He is a great rider. Uh, maybe because he rides for Keith the who doesn't have the highest winning percentage. Maybe that's why we don't talk about him uh, a whole lot here. Uh, you talked about verifying. This was so frustrating as a as a fan of verifying to watch because Florent Giroux jumped aboard and he put the horse right up everyone's ass, and they're like you said, they were backing up, and like we were when we did the live show. We are on the backstretch going towards the far term. We're like, uh-oh, Verifying's in trouble. Because we could already tell those front runners are going to fade. He's on the rail. And Flo's not trying to do anything to get him out of danger. Like, Flo waited until the quarter pole or 316th pole before he was like, oh, I should probably move because there's nowhere to go. And I was just, like, wanting to pull my hair out on that one. Uh, to your point, Mike, powerful, the Steve Asmussen trainee, who was Asmussen said from the start, we're going to send him in there, uh, send him out to the front. Uh, he faded to ninth. A nose behind the second-place horse who was pressing him, Frosted Departure, who was in eighth. The fourth-place horse who was running with Verifying, uh, Giant Mischief, uh, a big disappointment here. He's sixth, way behind everybody else. All of that to say, Mike, Verifying finished fourth. and He was well behind Confidence Game, Red Route 1, and Reincarnate. But Confidence Game was tracking from fifth. Red Route 1 came from the clouds, as he always does, last of 11. Reincarnate did not have a good trip and was able to close and get third there everybody else who was a front runner with verifying were ahead of him completely shit out and it really makes you want i don't know if he would have beaten confidence game just because uh the track was playing so well to closers like Catherine page said um all day in the slop there i don't know if he was going to be able to beat confidence game but you've got to think he would have been right there with with red route one you know probably battling for second coming to the wire there um, let's talk about, and yeah, you see the objection that really, they took like five minutes and then made no choice. So that was a nice waste of time for everybody there. Uh, let's talk about confidence or I'm sorry, uh, red route one here, uh, that a turf horse that has been doing well on dirt because he can close like a freight train. But I keep wait, wondering, like people who were frustrated in the chat during the live show and then the comments afterwards on the YouTube channel for the replay, they kept saying, oh man, red route one, burned me, red route one, burned me. Guys, stop playing Red Route 1 to win these races. Aaron made a great point, like, maybe a month ago for the first time on Red Route 1, and he keeps reiterating it. Love to own this horse, and you love having horses like this in races because you can slot them into second or third in your exactas and trifectas, and just skip them to win, and you're going to get great value on them, Mike.
0: Yeah, I actually thought Red Route 1 1 ran huge here. I thought this was a really good race from him. Um, And, and, you know, yeah, he's a ways back there, but look... The pace was hot, and he's not the fastest horse in the world, so he wasn't going to be connected with a field like this when he came from that route. And if you look at the ride, I mean, he picks the perfect spot around the turn. He never slows down his momentum. He splits horses. Uh, Yeah, he has to dive to the inside, but that's because the seven conference game kind of is coming out a little bit. But as you see him coming to the screen, everything goes right. He didn't get stopped at any point. He never had to check. Never had any type of issues. Never didn't have clear racetrack in front of him. I mean, like he's going to split. There's three horses in the back. He splits the second and the third one. So it's not like he even had to go all the way out wide. Like everything came up roses here for Red route One, and he just he wasn't fast enough. I actually thought he was going to get it done right here, but confidence game kind of kicks it into gear a little bit. And yeah, there's a little bit of issue there. Is that I think it's the ten there that comes out and just pinches the six, but. It just wasn't good enough. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. Um, Confidence game ran big. And if he doesn't run big here, then yeah, Red Route One wins. I don't necessarily completely disagree with the idea that Red Route One can't win one of these races. Uh, he just needs this type of day and not that A plus race that you saw from Confidence Game. I and mean, this was by far the best race that we've seen from Confidence Game so far. Able to sit off a hot pace, stock, and close. Um, so, like, I, I'm not. Not going to completely throw him out, but man, it's going to be tough for him to be able to win one of these type races. And, and let me tell you, like, I, I have no interest in him in the Derby. Maybe he's one of those underneath horses in the Derby, he's, but he's not going to be able to win that type of race. He's not going to be able to win the, the Preakness, right? And, and the Belmont love is going to be funny because they're like, well, he'll be closer to the front. Yeah, it doesn't really mean that he's going to have the same kick and gonna be able to catch people anyway. So I thought it was a really good race from Red Route 1. I think Red Route 1 will continue to hit the board in these type of races. Um, And he could win one of these. I wouldn't just completely throw him out on top. The problem is he was nine to one in this race. He's not going to be nine to one coming back out of this race. That's where you're going to start seeing the issue. This was the time for red route one to be bet and win next time. He's going to be three to one, seven to two, something like that. And, And when you get down to those prices with a horse that has this style, it's really hard to back the horse then.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, Dr. Tang in the chat brings up a great point that Red Route 1 is going to be overbet to shit at the longer races. The Derby to Mount quarter, the Belmont Stakes that Dr. Tang is referencing at a mile and a half. People see, oh, the longer the distance, the better they're going to do. It's like, no, that kick works because it's shorter and it's like an explosive thing. It's like a cheetah can do great at a quarter mile. You put a cheetah at a mile, he's not getting there very quickly because he, he's got that explosive kick and it kind of burns out on him. Um I'm going to make a bold prediction. He's going to be a graded stakes winner this year as a three-year-old when they put him back on turf. I'm thinking the summer series at Belmont, Saratoga. Remember, he started as a turf horse. He won, uh, broke his maiden at Kentucky Downs. And then they tried the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland. And by the way, shout out to Nick Feldman, a good friend of the show in the chat, the Breeders' futurity is ridiculous with how good those horses, the, that field has come back. But, you know, he had the, the turf try in the Kentucky Downs breaks his maiden, looks good. And they were like, eh, let's see what happens on dirt. And a lot of times that happens on the Derby Trail, right, Mike? he just like, ah, it's a turf choice. Let's see, what ha- let's see what we've got here and have some fun. They're going to keep making a lot of money with him because he keeps cashing checks in these big races with million-dollar purses. But what do you think about, you know, let's fast forward like four months, five months, and say he gets back on turf. Do you like his chances to win there?
0: I don't know what turf race they'll run him in that's going to have a big enough purse. I mean, if he keeps getting second in these type of races, isn't he a traverse horse? Like, yeah. I, That's the problem. That's a million-dollar race. So then are we, we're not going to put him in the turf triple that you have going on in New York, which would be the logical spot for him to try and win a graded stakes. You're not going to send him to Kentucky Downs to run into graded stakes there, although I would argue that's probably the most likely way for your prediction to be able to come true. He's running too well on dirt to take him away from the purses that are living on dirt, right? I mean, this is a million-dollar race. That's a pretty darn good payday for him to run up into second there. So I I would be surprised if we see him on turf this year because of the purses he's going to be able to run for. And the fact that this is a good effort. I mean, he he ran an 80 off the layoff, an 87. This stepped up to a 92. He's getting better with every single race. He can handle an off-track. He can handle a fast track. Uh, it's really versatile horse. I, I'd be
1: surprised if they end up on turf this year, next year. I think you might be right, but this year I think it's going to be tough. <laughs> you know what? This is not a terrible idea. Chris Malin says go run him in the Jeff Ruby. That's a hundred point race. That'll have an, uh, I think 600,000 dollars purse. I want to say uh, a lot of money in the Jeff Ruby at turfway park, synthetic and turf usually translate well enough there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, I can't post your comment. You can't curse. You can't drop an F-bomb in the chat. And then <laughs> I can't put it up there. Uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Aaron says, I'd run red route one and three more preps in all three triple crown races. Uh, he only runs for a 16th of the race. That's true. Right there at the quarter pole. is at A quarter pole at this race is when he finally shows up on the screen. But that kick he has, I think it would translate well uh, to going over on turf. I think that would be able to get him uh, to do well. Uh, we talked about verifying. We talked about... Um, Confidence game, Red Route 1. Uh, Reincarnate kind of breezed over him. He finished his third. uh, A little bit of a trip trouble there. Uh, He also took the brunt of the action from the 10 bourbon bash that kind of threw um, and then went into Red Route 1 and that threw him off a tiny bit. Um, Reincarnate. Uh, This surprised me. I think it helped that he was coming from off the pace, um, but it did surprise me, Mike, because I really considered him to be that B-level Baffert horse. Yeah, he's with Yak team, but like he was with Baffert until about three days before this race or a week before this race. So it uh, still kind of has that Baffert thing going. Do you like reincarnate moving forward in any way whatsoever? I'm going to be fading him.
0: I mean, he's going to get bet out of this. That's the thing. It's th- you're going to hear this is a terrible trip. He got pinched back early. He He didn't break well. And then he made this huge closing move. And it's like, yeah. OK, but like he was slow at the break. That's why he got pinched back. He was slower than the horses on the inside and the outside of him. Um, and yeah, he made a move, but like he also got the perfect setup to make that move like this. His race wasn't better than Red Route 1's. It was worse than Red Route 1's. And you're you're not interested in betting Red Route 1 back. Right. And so why is Tim Yakteen now going to move this horse forward? And he will get bet off this. He's going to be three to one, seven to two, five to two, something like that in his next start. Because you're going to hear trip, trouble, blah blah blah. Best horse in the race, blah blah blah. Uh, I have no interest in reincarnate off this this effort. I, I just I don't. I was not impressed with the phys- physical att- attributes of reincarnate. And just because he was able to close into a fast pace where everyone else was stopping, and that's why he was able to do so, doesn't really make me all that excited about him moving forward.
1: Chris Mellow brings up a great point. And this we talk about this every year when it comes to like the fantasy horses we're looking at too. Beware the Bafferts with no gate speed. It's very hard to find any Bob Baffert grade one winner routing on dirt. Think ever was great coming from way off the pace. Um, you know, he he did, I think he was. Did he win gate to wear in the show? Uh, yeah, he did, yeah. but he also it was, was 16 to 1.
0: Baffert, though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of things going on there. Chris Mallow says reincarnate's gonna get bet hard next out, like you were saying. Try to wire the field, especially if it comes up sloppy next time in the Arkansas Derby. He's going to fade like a mother. And another great point from Curtis, week one with the Actine versus week five to six, huge difference. You've still got the Baffert training. Okay, now we're like six weeks out from, uh, you know, the Baffert training. So uh, I agree with that. All, all great points. Um, <laughs> I think he's coming back to the Arkansas dirty. Uh, the Dirty? Derby. Um uh that's where he's coming back red route one uh as soon as the race was over asmussen said they're going to look at the louisiana derby which is just in a few weeks here uh, a longer race mile and three sixteenths he also said you've got to you say stop screwing around with him something like that got to get him out and get going asmussen doesn't love that this horse was off the screen literally off the screen for the replay until uh <laughs> until the quarter pole so maybe that long stretch a much much longer stretch at fairgrounds maybe that Could happen, but uh, we're not sure. uh, Reincarnate, I would expect to come back. Confidence game, you would expect to come back here as well. Verifying in Giant Mischief, the two Brad Cox horses that we were 3-2 to and 2-1 to top choices here. Um, Cox said he really didn't learn much of anything out of here. Verifying is definitely not off the derby trail. Giant Mischief, he was a little more wishy-washy about, but I wasn't a fan of this horse coming into this race. Uh, Didn't use him in the pick five. And... I don't, I just think he's distance limited. There's a lot of questions about him. Uh, He's had some issues. He faded, but I don't know. What do you think about Giant Mischief before we move on? It's tough to play him off this trip. I mean, we talked about that first turn issue. He was sand four or five
0: wide, so he has an excuse there. He was forwardly placed, so there's an excuse there. I was kind of disappointed where he was. I was expecting him. We were talking on the live show. I'm like, I want him in sixth or seventh. I want him five, six lengths back. And he's up there essentially, you know, sitting right outside, like, for me i'm probably not betting giant mischief back unless i think it's like the perfect setup and i just don't know what that perfect setup is anymore i I like do you want him going to the lead because that's kind of what this race felt like with the way that he broke out of that gate Uh, so it's i don't i thought giant mischief was just a a weird question mark type out of this one so don't really want to bet him back verifying like i said i more interested in verifying after watching this trip a couple times than I was in Giant Mischief. Uh, and you mentioned this, you think he's probably a better sprinter. Maybe he cuts back and he's able to to sprint there.
1: Yeah, going into the Remington Springboard Mile where he finished second, Cox had a comment where he said that he wasn't sure if he was a router. So he's like, eh, hey, we'll try it. And it worked out well for him. So, uh, well, that's the end of the replay there. Uh, any final thoughts on the rebel? You want to talk about some Derby choices now?
0: This is a pretty frustrating race. This is the one cost us the pick five on the show. The single in the last was just money in the bank, easy winner. Like that it was so frustrating for, the, for this to, to go down this way. Um, I don't think I ever get to Giant Mischief, though. Or I'm sorry, to Confidence Game, though. So that at yeah. least is, is relieves some of that frustration. Um, I don't love a lot out of here, but I got to say, Instant Coffee just keeps getting flattered. Every single time, like, you run one of these prep races. And I don't, I, like, I, I said this on the show, the live show, like, Instant Coffee is not this wonderful horse. is this world beater. But, man, every time he runs, he runs hard. He doesn't get a great trip usually. He wins the race. And then the horses that he beats come back, and they all run well.
1: Yeah, Nick uh, put it in the chat here. He, would, he and I were talking about this earlier. But you've got Forte, who won that. He's finally coming. He won the Beers Cup Juvenile, right? And he's finally returning as a three-year-old this weekend in the Fountain of Youth. Um, you've got Inst- uh, instant coffee that we uh, mentioned here. Uh, Loggins was in that race. You know, unfortunately Loggins is hurt and still not anywhere close to returning, but red route one was there. Fantastic. Again, was there two Phils was in there. Um, uh, just a, a, a murderer's row of the Derby trail horses that we've seen this far and are about to see return here. So, uh, you know great it's it's uh it's a little interesting let's go through the derby points right now confidence game gets 50 for winning uh he is now first uh above angel of Empire who won the risen star stakes last week at fairgrounds. Forte hasn't run since November. He's still third. That's kind of how trash this it is. That and the combination. We're just getting to the 50-point races. Uh, Red Route 1 is at 33 points. Probably puts him in the Derby. Um, if, he, if He needs to hit the board one more prep to completely solidify that. But I would say he's in. Instant coffee is in there. We'll see him return in Louisiana Derby. Um, Rocket Can is coming back in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, we'll see, uh, let's see, Blazing Sevens is coming back here. Um, Reincarnate finally on the board now that he has left. Baffert and is with. Tim Yakteen, uh, right now I always ask you this: uh, we have to, we're going to have to change my answer anyways. But I'll go to you first. Uh, Kentucky Derby pick as of today, Monday, February twenty seventh.
0: I will say what I said on Saturday show, and a horse I gave out at sixty six to one. If you watch the four long shots to bet, uh, I'm instant coffee. I like he's the best horse that we've seen. Um, this weekend could obviously change a lot. Uh, you want you like Pletcher loves having the three race progression into the Derby, that's what we're going to see for Tate's first race back this weekend. So, this could swap out, but um, I'm gonna go with the horse that I've seen this year who has been, in my mind, the best horse on this trail, and that's that's Instant Coffee.
1: Uh, Jason, yeah, there's a lot of talk about that too. Before we even got to him, Jason says the horse named Instant Coffee can't win the Derby just based off the name uh chris maiello great point zero questions about him going a mile and a quarter being uh by tap rate. that the belmont stakes winner that horse should be able uh, to go a very long ways my top pick has to change because i've been on cave rock and then cave rock didn't change trainers so all right we're time? not gonna go uh no more is cave rock good? there it's not good you know what I will say Nick Feldman brings up, here, and this is what I'm hoping slash planning is going to be the case. Cave Rock just stays with Baffert. You aim for the Preakness. Baffert probably realized the fact that he didn't change trainers tells me Baffert realizes he's nowhere near ready to return, which is just terrible news for us as his fantasy owners. Um, For me, I'm going to go with. I had a thought and I don't even remember what it was. Instant coffee is a great choice. I got to look here to try and get my me- – I literally just – I had it on the tip of my tongue and completely lost it. Uh, shit. Let me come back to this one. You don't know who you turn- I, I. I'm not messing around. I literally – Tap it, Trice. That's I, who it is. It's I, I could have told you
0: who your derby pick was.
1: <laughs> Did you know I was going to pick Tap it, Trice? Yeah, it's so hard so. to not like. Like, do you think he's at least legitimately like in the, in the conversation here? He doesn't have any points because he hasn't hit the Derby trail yet, but uh, he broke his maiden a second, asking that dominating win at Oak or at uh, Gulfstream uh, in early February. Uh, he's gonna go to the Tampa Bay Derby next time out. This this feels like the, almost kind of like that the the Nyquist maneuvering to get the horse that so he's just peeking at the right time, and that's something that I think you and Aaron and Jared have all been saying. It's, it's kind of what this Derby is looking like. You just get that horse that peaks at the right moment. And probably doesn't win, like come close to winning the Preakness or something like that. I think Tapitrice is my pick right now.
0: I think it's funny how often people compare horses to Nyquist, who was a two year old champion and won the Derby. <laughs>
1: like, that's a pretty good resume there as a two year old. I'm sorry. Always dreaming. Jesus, I'm off my rocker today. Always <laughs> dreaming is who I meant. I'm so sorry.
0: Uh, it, I, look, I, I, Tapitrice feels like the verifying in the Pletcher Barn. Right, the horse that everyone got excited about, that that looked really good in one race, and now all of a sudden that's going to be the horse. Uh, the fact that he is in Tampa tells you he's worse than than Forte. I just the fact that he's sending him to Tampa tells me kind of where Pletcher thinks. Now I realize maybe he wants to split him up, wants to try and get points. But uh, if he thought he was the absolute goods, I think he'd be running at Gulfstream again
1: possibly um i will say that of the last uh the last two horses that todd pletcher won the tampa bay derby with uh taprit and destine uh they both went on to win the belmont right didn't destine win the belmont or was that i know that was the creator year ah he got second to creator okay so we got second there uh taprit of course won the belmont stakes that year um the bluegrass winner carpe diem was in the tampa bay derby there and then he got hurt after the derby and never ran again uh, he also had Verrazano in that race, and Verrazano ended up winning the Wood Memorial after that and then uh, you know won the Haskell later that year as a three-year-old as well. So he puts good horses in that race if they win it,
0: but how they're not Derby going winners? to the,
1: Der- the Kentucky Derby and winning. So a little bit of a different scenario <laughs> yeah. there.
0: I just wondering, how many Florida Derby winners has he had that's won the Derby versus, versus Tampa Bay Derby winners?
1: <laughs> Uh, it's if anything, it's a push. We know all it takes is one and it goes right back, uh, uh right back over. All right, let's get out of here. Let's go talk about uh, the honeybee stakes at Oaklawn Park. Uh, loved this race. My gosh, this was not from a buyer perspective, definitely didn't come back super fast. I don't care. Number seven, wet paint. Man, she is so much fun at Oaklawn when it's wet, isn't she?
0: Very good horse here. I mean, and, and I was talking about how on the live show how impressed I was with her turn of foot. Uh, You saw Red Route 1 not be able to get it done from where she is. Now, she's not as far back as he is. But the explosion that she shows down the lane was just ultra impressive. Generally, you see it from, like, turf horses who are able to just kind of flip that switch and just close the gap. Uh, You don't see it from three-year-old fillies on the dirt very often. And so I, I, I was really impressed by the way she was able to just accelerate so quickly and so easily and so smoothly down the lane. The ride shows you how confident Pratt is as well because he keeps this horse on the rail the entire time. He's not worried about getting her stopped because she hasn't started going yet, and he knows how fast she can flip that switch. A lot of closers, they get their momentum going well before the turn, and then they have to not break that momentum. At any point they get cut off, it's just over because they don't have the time to be able to get their wheels turning again. With her, it, it's like – the word push button gets used too often, but with her, it's very push button. When he said go, she went, and she went quick. Uh, so she, she was very impressive. I She can get
1: wildly overbet
0: off this, but very impressive nonetheless. Uh,
1: it's so good. Uh, just so good watching. Yeah, she got a dream trip. But go back and watch the Martha Washington going, you know, the shorter race, not only a mile, but they're stopping the 16th Bowl, so she's got less uh, distance that she can close into. I didn't notice it until we were watching live. She is a, a paddler. She is a real paddler, but that's okay. Especially when maybe that's what helps her in the slop is she just kind of keeps swimming and swimming there. Um, really pulls away from them late. Switch back to the wrong lead. Not too worried about that case here. Uh, let's talk about condensation. The runner-up here, this is a horse that Dr. Miranda was was uh, very excited to watch. She played uh, condensation across the board, and at 21-to-1, you know, even though the favorite one, that still paid out very well for her. Uh, so congrats to you, Dr. Man, anybody else who played condensation. She set the pace. And, you know, if this race ends at the 16th pole, it's a lot closer than three lengths. She has just won a race two weeks prior to this. So she was coming back quick. It was a pretty uh, unforgiving track in terms of being speed. And she held on for second. So my question is, is she a a good, a, a decent candidate moving forward? Or was this a case where she held on to second? All these other horses behind him were pretty trash.
0: I say it in the great field. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. Uh, like, conference game, the only one who passes her. The final time here in a minute and 45, I believe it was. They ran in six seconds there the last. She went 113, 139, and no one else passed her. That's, That's not great. great. <laughs> just just throwing it out there. It's not not great. You know, they weren't weren't exactly going gangbusters home. Um, and so uh, yeah, no, I, I think that this was a perfect spot for her to be able to step up. She ran really well here. This was the wedding. The next race, in my mind, is the funeral. Uh, it's just going to be tough to be able to uh, find the right field again, and also have that forwardly placed ability here. I just, to me, a lot of times you see these twenty to one to one shots, and you you don't want them back. You want them in this spot, and that to me is exactly how condensation was. It was a great call by Doctor Miranda who texted me and mentioned the horse and told me to specifically put it in the video for the honeybee. So I mentioned that horse <laughs> underneath as well, because Miranda told me to, I wanted to make sure to give her a shout out for that and ran huge. Uh, just what, I mean, look, next time we see wet paint, wet paint is six to five, even money, something like that, because this people will remember this, this was visually impressive. You're getting a real short price on her next time. And the five is going to be five to one. And that's just, that's too short for me.
1: I agree with you. That I mean, I still can love wet paint. I think from here on out, if you're going to use her, she's got to be a single because of those betting odds that you were talking about. Shadi brings up a great point that I thought about after things were settled on Saturday. You just bet a seven-seven-seven pick three like you're in Vegas or something. That would have cashed very nicely. You would have had this winner. You would have had seven confidence game next and then the seven Arkansas bread, which you were like, this is the hardest race in the whole damn sequence, and I'm going to single this one, which I still – because of that, the balls it took to do that, Mike, I really wish that you would have been able to cash this just because, like, you were just like, screw it, throw everything out the window. We're going to single the Arkansas bread uh, in the last leg here. So, yeah, uh, it didn't work out. um Let's go ahead and talk about our Oaks picks here. uh Wait, sorry. <laughs> Nick says Red Route One is my Oaks pick. I think he met someone. He meant red carpet ready. There we go. By the way, red carpet <laughs> ready returning this weekend in the uh, Devonadale Stakes at Gulfstream Park. Um, so you get to face her, to see her face, leave no trace, the grade one spinster winner. Um, so that'll be an exciting one. But All right, let's talk about the Oaks. Who we like here, Wet Paint. Clearly the leader right now with 70 points, pretty mischievous. Second at 63 uh, for winning the Oaks. Pre- Rachel Alexander Stakes at Fairgrounds here. It's hard to say right now just because The picture is always a lot murkier when it comes to the Oaks horses. Do you have an Oaks top pick right now?
0: Yeah, who's your Philly? Uh, I'm gonna give her. I'm I'm going to say it was an excuse for the last race. I'm gonna draw a line through it, and I'm going to enjoy getting a better price on her than I would have had she run. So,
1: uh,
0: who's your Philly? Would be my top pick right now for the Oaks.
1: I got one that uh, is not has only made one start. But she won it, and she is in training. We'll see her, uh, again, hopefully pretty soon, uh, probably in an allowance race or maybe over at Tampa for Todd Pletcher. That's Bandita. Do you remember this filly? She broke her maiden at the end of January at Gulfstream Park, going seven furlongs, won it by nine lengths. And it was only a field of five, but she led every step of the way, was completely wrapped up, absolutely dominating performance for a debut. She's by Gunrunner. She's out of an unbridled song, Mare. So distance shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> Pletcher debuted her at seven furlongs. And it's one of those things where all he needs to do is get her to hit the, you know, probably get second or win a, one of these last rounds of preps here. She's going to be in the Oaks. And then you've got Todd Pletcher with a speedy filly and a, a field that you're kind of like, I don't know, like if red carpet ready goes, she's going to be speed. But then it's what the alleys look. Hoosier Philly is a great choice. I'm not going to undermine that one. Wonder wheel was pretty disappointing coming back. Chop, chop. No, Julia Shining, uh, she's gonna need you know, when you see Julia Shining in the Belmont, maybe that's a good spot for her. but no, it's too, uh, too many issues, too many question marks. Bandita right now is gonna be my pick, and uh, tip of the cap to John Lees because he and I were talking about it, and I know that's one that he loves as well. So, um, I'll take Bandita, but again, it's a murky situation here. Hoosier Philly, really not a bad, uh, a bad choice. Um, would you? So, if you did an Oaks Derby double, you'd go Hoosier Philly into, uh, See coffee?
0: I mean, if it's today, yes. There's so much that's going to change the Derby this weekend. We're going to get to see Forte, and that's so important here because we we have not seen uh, the look Forte Cave Rock were the two horses we were most excited to see back on the 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 trail this year, and we have not seen either of them. So we know Cave Rock is off the Derby trail based on the fact that he was not transitioned from Barnes. So that means that Forte is the one you want to see now. Forte, for some reason, doesn't fire then yeah, this to me, instant coffee is even better of a a bet in that sense. Right now, if I had to do it, I'm not going to trust Forte. He's just going to come back and dominate. And I still have question marks about Forte's running style in the Derby as well. He is going to have to come from the clouds based on what we saw him do in his races as a two-year-old. That's not the running style I'm looking for in the Derby. I realize it worked last year, but last year we had the fastest half mile in Derby history. The Chances of ha- us having the fastest half mile in derby history two years in a row is very low. <laughs> so without that setup, it's going to be hard for these horses to come from way out of it. And that's what Forte wants to do. It's also what River One wants to do. I mean, there's, there's some issues here. And we've talked about this in past years as well. You just, you can't have a dead closer. And that's what Forte has been. It's a big concern for me. Uh, but no one's been that impressive in this class, which kind of makes you feel like, oh, well, Forte might just be the best horse.
1: I just looked at this again, and I was like, who is Mimi Kakushi? It's uh, <laughs> third here with 50 points. Uh, do you know? Oh, she won the UAE Oaks. That's how she got points. I was like, where the hell did she come from? Uh, all right, so don't consider her. That's you t- I mean, she's coming. Lost her yet.
0: She's, she's coming. The Japanese horses are winning everything. I mean, it may just mess up the pace, but uh, I don't think it's an auto-chuck. We'll see.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say all this listen. If she goes to the Derby, you can guarantee you're gonna have another rich trick style winner all this ah, I hate that the Japanese horses coming over. Uh Dennis says if Forte doesn't fire, I'm curious if one of the Phillies tries the Derby trail. If Forte doesn't fire, I don't think so. Maybe they try. I don't think that they should. If Forte doesn't fire, I quit. I don't know. <laughs> this is so damn hard this year. It's so hard to figure out, like. Cave Rock's now gone. Logan's extra. They're not coming to it. If Forte ends up not going to the Derby, uh, like Aaron says, what happens when general Jim and blazing sevens beat him?
0: Well, blazing sevens is an auto Chuck for me. Just, just don't bet Blading's blazing sevens over the weekend. Uh, sorry, Jesse. I saw your comment there, right. As I was saying it, uh, I have zero interest in this Chad Brown horse coming back who only won a race last year because of a pace setup. up. Like I, no, thank you on blazing sevens for me. Um, I, Look, Forte could lose. Could totally happen. But, it, you know, we got we got to run the race. I don't think it's that good of a field. Uh, I think there's Forte, which is kind of the headliner, which makes everyone excited about the field. And you got Rocket Cannon there. and We'll talk about this race, I'm sure, a lot more on Thursday. Uh, but I, I don't think there's a bunch of world beaters here that are coming back in the Fountain of Youth.
1: Car Ramrod brings... Oh. We still have one day left before the Baffer horses have to be switched to a new trainer to be Derby eligible. He says he'll take Cave Rock with Jamie Ness at this point. My God. Uh, first of all, congrats to you, Mike. You had uh, Repo Rocks winning uh, the Stymie Stakes at Aqueduct. I don't think it was a big surprise there. Uh, Kevin O says Repo Rocks will won the BC Classic with that Ness magic. He's going to win something at the Breeders' Cup. You know what? The next FBI major raid needs to be with Jamie Ness. Like, it's it's him or Claudio Gonzalez or just bring down the whole Parks track. Like, those are all just uh, not great. Not not, uh, great people with what they're doing to the horses there. Um, Oh, boy. We got some General Jim love. But Aaron was making a joke, and now Nick Feldman jumping in. General Jim, don't sleep on him. Coming out of one-turn races, he's two for two in two turn races they were on turf but uh that you know until you try the dirt you're not going to see what uh, go back to the dirt for rowdy you're not going to see that so you know what um, I do
0: I do want to give a shout out real quick to both Santa Anita and Gulfstream it's pretty awesome that the past performances for both of these Saturday cards are already out here on a Monday so like I've already glanced through this and so on a Monday we can actually talk about some of these horses that are running in there and you can like oh yeah okay yeah I lifted those bps like it's good to check out so I I got to at least give a shout out because that's something that we complain about all the time that doesn't happen. And now it's actually happening.
1: Yeah. Goldstream has been great about getting things out a week uh, ahead um, for us this, this coming or this current uh, season. Um, Oaklawn fairgrounds. They're always good about that as well. Uh, Santa Anita. That's a new change and I really appreciate it. And it, it, now it's ruined me, Mike, because i have already like, like you said, we've already looked at the San Philippe stakes and everything at Santa Anita, which is loaded. Not only just loaded in terms of the races, but the field sizes. And not just Gulfstream. Somehow Santa Anita cobbled together a bunch of really big fields, including for the big cap. So, um, and the Saint has got eleven. So, you know, you've, you've got that going on. But it ruined me because now I'm like Aqueduct and Turfway don't draw till Wednesday. What the hell is this? What's like, going on? Come on, guys. come on. If Santa Anita can do it, <laughs> I thought for sure Turfway would because they're owned by Twin Spires, and the Twin Spires tracks usually get their their stuff out uh, pretty quickly. So. But, yeah, it is pretty awesome uh, to see here. Uh, and uh, final comment before we wrap things up, Charles B, this is probably going to be the best fountain of youth for money tickets I've seen in five years. This is looking like a great one, especially if Forte doesn't fire. Um, even if he does fire, you can get someone to, uh, you know, spice, spice things up pretty well. Like wet paint with confidence game underneath, that was a great play, you know, 21 to 1 underneath the favorite. So uh, we'll be covering all of that, of course, on Thursday for the Magic Mike Show, the late pick five at Gulfstream Park. I'm assuming, I, I forget, but I'm assuming it's all graded stakes. They've got an absolutely loaded card. We're going to have a guide for the Fountain of Youth stakes, and there's 14 races at Gulfstream on Saturday. That's just awesome, Mike.
0: 14 races, seven of them, or I'm sorry, eight of them are graded stakes. Grade two or grade threes, so absolutely phenomenal. And the late pick five is just, if you're not singling Forte, it is an absolute bear. Because there are full fields everywhere, open fields. I don't see any other like, oh, hey, that horse should be two to five type shots, right? It's, it's you got to make some decisions. You got to single where you can try and get through it. It's a phenomenal card up and down, specifically that late pick five. Um, and then they have the pick six that will happen that day. And then the pick six mandatory payout on Sunday. There's a pick six mandatory payout at Santa Anita on Saturday. So it's going to be all eyes on, on first racing here Saturday and Sunday for monster cards and monster pools.
1: We're very excited about that. Before we go, uh, Aaron's latest Kentucky Derby uh, top five has two new entrants. So 40% of Aaron's uh, top five Kentucky Derby contenders has changed. Um, he did, of course, take Cave Rock out because Cave Rock's not probably going to go to the Derby anymore. And then he also took out verifying because, well, you watched the replay along with us. You see why it was Necessary to do that. So go check that out. The full top 20 major shakeups. Uh, you can see what happened. Where did confidence game rise up to? Did he make the top five? Um, there was one horse that I was a little surprised did make the top five. You can go check out uh, what Aaron says about that. But that is live. It premiered on the YouTube channel right before our show started. So go check that out if you haven't yet. And then Tuesday, tomorrow, Mike, we're, reach- we're going to try it again. The Mind That Bird Derby didn't run yesterday. Sumlin Park had to cancel uh, after the second race because of extremely high winds. They're going to run it back on their Tuesday card. So that's tomorrow. Mike did the preview for it. It's still available. You can go check it out at racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racing dudes. It is a major prep for the Sunland Derby, which is a 50-point Kentucky Derby prep race. So the winner of that, guaranteed entry into the Derby. Though usually for whatever reason, the horse that wins that has injury issues or something happens where they never make it to the Derby, uh, hardly ever make it to the Derby. We'll see what happens uh, with this year. So go check that out. Uh, we've got the replays for the Honeybee, the Rebel Stakes up at youtube.com slash Racing Dudes as well. And of course, major buildup coming to the uh, the Derby Preps and the Oaks Preps this weekend. So, everybody on the Racing Dudes team is all hands on deck. Like I mentioned, we're doing a guide for the Gulfstream's 14 race card on Saturday. So, that will be out midweek, probably uh, Wednesday or Thursday. So, make sure you check that out. And a reminder if you're subscribed to any of the Racing Dudes packages, such as the Sama Bombs or the Racing Dudes Rockets or the Premium picks, you're going to get every guide we do included. And now that we're on the Derby trail and things are really heating up and then leading up to the Triple Crown, those are $30, $40 values that you're getting with your packages. And as we get closer to the Derby and into the Triple Crown season, you're getting multiple guides included with that. So go check that out if you haven't already. I do wanna throw up a comment here uh, from, where did it go? Someone was giving you a lot of praise and I completely, I was like, I'm gonna bring this up. And then I completely missed, uh, I lost praise. There is Chris Milo, by the way, Uh, Dr. Tang and Mike, you've been dominating the win place tournaments. Nice job. Yeah, I was just scrolling through Twitter yesterday. And as I refreshed, it was like, Mike Summit did blah, 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 blah. And he's won like, you know, $6 million or something. So congratulations.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, Doc took down the, the big bucks. I think it was on Saturday for 10,000 and I was able to win a couple seats on Sunday. Uh, so into Keeneland and into the players championship where I finished second in the first ter- uh, version of the Triple Crown for, for online tournaments and uh, now into the second one. So hopefully we can we can try and take that down. It's uh, like you, you buried some of the lead to This next two weeks is absolutely massive, right? Because we've got this weekend which huge gambling weekend. Tuesday, I'm off to Vegas. NHC is the following weekend, so it's going to be a blast to be there and see everybody. Uh, Got a phenomenal amount of reason, amount of DMs from people who are in it for the first year. Make sure you come say hi while you're down there. Uh, Should be an absolute blast to play NHC with everybody and see everybody for that week. So I'll be there from Tuesday to Monday. Uh, So just a, a really fun time right now from a gambling perspective, and on top of that. It's got the college tournament, uh, college, college tournaments that start next weekend for the conference tournaments, and Selection Sunday is the week that I'll be the day I'll be in Vegas. We got the March Madness right after that. It's just a phenomenal sports time right now between what we have going on in horse racing and then what we've got going on in college basketball as well.
1: Yeah, if you're going to be in Vegas, uh, if you happen to be in Vegas that weekend, uh, let Mike know. I know uh, Michael Oson a good friend of the program, and often in the chat, he said that he's uh, going to be there as well. Uh, which is not this coming weekend, but the weekend after it. So you got to go. Chris, this was my favorite. I know the red Rail one comment, the slip up from Nick was a good one. But Chris says, my Twitter feeds just those two yokels headshots over and over again. Chris, you are not wrong. That happens. I've seen Mike's black and white headshot from when it was like eight haircuts ago, like eight uh, just, uh, hairstyles ago. It's like, that's Mike? Like, Mike didn't never look like that since I've known you. Like, that's an not old headshot, but it's an older one.
0: It's about a 9 or 10-year-old picture, and they just have not. Okay. Just, they, they literally Googled my past career, found a black and white headshot of me, and popped that puppy up for years because they didn't know me before when I started playing tournaments. So whenever you, you win, they throw your headshot up if they can Google you and find it, and so they, they have not changed that picture since. So I'm uh, still rocking that 9-year-old headshot from previous life.
1: I want to throw a quick shout out to our friends at oghandicappers.com. Got these uh, great shirts, like the Mudders one. I was wearing it during the live show, which was very fitting uh, because of all the mud that we had to deal with and slop at Oaklawn Park. Uh, But thank you everybody for joining us. We're going to get out of here and wrap things up. Uh, We really appreciate you joining us. And like I said, be back on Thursday, Gulfstream Park, Late Pick 5. We talked about the Devona Dale and the – the Fountain of you stakes are going to be there but you've also got charge it in the goldstream park mile and he's got a face endorsed who was the fred hooper winner of the same course there's so many big horses uh, apparently white Barrio has dropped into the allowance ranks try and get a little bit of confidence back it's a smart move i hope it works out for him we really did genuinely love that horse so it'd be nice to see him but so many great horses going to be coming up for that one please join us we'd love to have you uh make sure you follow the racing dudes at racing underscore dudes he's uh, at some of them, 18, number one, number eight. I am at Curtis Calouard. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Mike?
0: Uh, just going to be a fun weekend. We've got that show. We'll have a live show on Saturday. We've got to 2 Daily Wednesday through Sunday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. So make sure you're checking that out. Um, be over on ABR, talking Santa Anita on Thursday. Uh, and then again on set, sun, Saturday, right before the pick six goes. So... Uh going to be lots of uh, racing dudes action over this next week. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like button on the video if you've enjoyed it. So it gets out there to more people as well. Uh, that's about it. Uh, are you
1: going to San Diego this weekend?
0: I don't think so. No, not just oh, okay. because heading to Vegas on essentially Tuesday. I'm just like, eh, I'm not sure it's such a great idea to be out of town before I'm out of town.
1: I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to be on ABR show from home or if you're going to be at the track or something like that. So. Yep. But all right, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Doctor Tang says, can't wait for the NHC. See you at the final table, Samich. Uh, that'd be great. Yes, Chris mile. That's right. I knew there was one more thing I was forgetting. English B is back on Saturday, so see if we picked it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys here. Uh, if not Wednesday for Dudes Who Bet Daily, we'll see you on Thursday. Take care. <laughs>